Brothers and sisters, welcome to the LDS Fishers of Men podcast. I am your host, Alan, and we are on episode 23. Hopefully you guys have seen the, uh, I posted the midweek spiritual boost. It is, of course, a classic. It's from President Nelson. It's one of those that was an instant classic. And he talks about letting God prevail. And uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, stop listening to me and go listen to that. <laughs> That's more important in your life. Hearing the words of the foundation of the mouthpiece, um, with Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, that is where the importance lies in these things. I, I put these things out, you know, the, the podcast portion out, just as a way to raise my voice in support of the foundation, in support of the Lord's anointed, the Lord's uh, hand-picked brethren who have been placed uh, on the earth at this time to help us through these last days of the last days. So, before you listen to me, please uh, listen to them. And you don't even have to do it on here. If you want to go to uh, churchjesuschrist.org and go straight to the source, I applaud it, I support it, I encourage it. Uh, that's awesome. That's the whole point of this podcast. Uh, we're growing, we're getting lots more members, lots more people listening, lots more subscribers, I should say. Uh, welcome. We're grateful to have you here. And... Uh, Please, uh, you know, go ahead and, and listen to the to the midweek spiritual boost. I have two playlists. One is the podcast playlist, and one is the midweek spiritual boost playlist. The spiritual gold uh, nuggets are to be had in the midweek spiritual boosts. You know, this is something I do to raise my voice. Uh, if you like listening to me ramble on about gospel topics and stuff, that's great. Happy to have you. Um, it's also a really good excuse for me to study something and to just kind of add add my testimony to uh, to the the watchman on the tower, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for for the community that we're growing here, for the the added support that we have. You know, I've I've been able to have some messages of people who have. Um, who have said that you know some their minds have been changed on some things, and I I really appreciate that, and that it, to me is, you know the the glory goes to uh, to God, the glory goes to God, and it 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 really makes the work that I put into this uh, worthwhile, and makes it so that I'd want to just keep going. I want to keep going and keep going and working. Um. I don't do this to make money. I never will. This is designed to be a sacrifice on my part. And so that that is all the uh, the reward that I need, you know, to be able to say that I, I, I did my part and I can wash my hands of the blood and sins of this generation and raise my voice as I hope I did in the pre-existence. So with that done, uh, let's get into today's topic. I posted President Nelson's talk on letting God prevail, and I did so because there's some really good stuff in there, but I was torn between posting that one and posting another one that he did. So I'm going to 
I kind of split the difference. I went ahead and I posted that one because it ties into what, uh, what we're talking about today with his other talk. They are somewhat related, as all things in the gospel are. I, um, I wanted to talk today on the podcast setting about President Nelson's talk that he gave in October of 2020 in the General Conference uh, uh, women's session. This was one of the best talks I have ever heard in my lifetime. And there's been some doozies. There's been some really good ones. Um, this is one that was given to the sisters specifically, but that all of us, us brothers and you know everybody, can get something out of because of the message that, that was given. Absolutely phenomenal. And something that I think that, you know, it was given during the pandemic. It was given during a time um, when there was a lot of lockdowns and stuff like that going on. Grabbing a drink, excuse me. And things really haven't, in some ways they've improved. In other ways, we are just as... You know, we, we're just as scared, we're just as uncertain about the future as, as, as we were back then, right? As any time, really, but especially as we were back then. And we look at, these, at the times that we're in, and, you know, I, I, as I went through this talk, I wonder how much we are listening to our prophet, how much we're, I mean, I'm, I'm talking actually listen to our prophet, to the apostles, are we looking at those talks that they give at general conference? And as I'm, as I'm speaking this to you, don't, again, Alan's not on his rambiumptum. Alan is doing some self-reflecting and doing a gut check on himself as he's saying this. You know, do we look at these things and do we give them the proper uh, attention and credence and study that we need to be giving them, brothers and sisters? I'm going to go ahead and, and kind of tie the two messages together a little bit, um, but I'm, I really, you need to listen to that Let God Prevail talk, and then come and listen to this, or shoot, just go back and, and, and listen to uh, his talk, Embrace the Future with Faith. I just, I wrote some notes on here, wanted to kind of discuss some things about it, because it's it provides a... It provides a balm of Gilead that I think we as a people need right now. And it's just there for the taking. And that's the beauty of it. And as I was uh, studying and listening, and kind of jotting some things down here. And by jotting, I mean uh, typing <laughs> in my notepad here. On the computer notepad. You know, I, I, uh, I was astounded by the doctrine by the uh, the simpleness of the message, and at how good it made me feel. Because, so, so something about me, I'm a security blanket type of guy. I like to have a security blanket. I don't like to just dangle out there and take chances. I'm not a, a risk taker. I'm not a thrill seeker. I'm the type of guy that says, Kay, if we have one jar of peanut butter left... I'm nervous. If I have half a tank of gas left, I'm nervous. 
when I get to half a tank, I treat that as if I'm on empty and, and I go and I fill up the gas tank. When I have a jar of peanut butter left, I'm upset at myself for allowing that to happen and saying there, there should be three more jars of chunky peanut butter there in the pantry, you know, ready to be, to, to be, uh, to be used. I like to be, you know, three jars of peanut butter deep. And that's, that's like my, my outlook on life. I like to have a security blanket and a little bit of cushion. Uh, I don't like taking risks. I don't like dangling out there. And so the future for me is something that does give me a little bit of anxiety. And especially as we have, as we have entered into these turbulent times and as we kind of recognize and we see that maybe normal isn't a thing anymore, you know. I don't, I don't think we're going back to quote-unquote normal in, in uh, any time soon. You know, we've entered into turbulent times, and we, I think, are going to continue down that road of turbulent times. Um, we know we're in the last days of the last days. And if you're listening to President Nelson then you're kind of getting a gauge as to how absolutely close we are to the last days of the last days and the crowning event of having the Savior return, which is amazing, which is outstanding. It's a great day for us believers, isn't it? So, all right, enough of me rambling. Let's, let's get into this here. So, First thing that he starts off with as he addresses the sisters, he says, Sisters, you are the hope of Israel. How have current events made you feel about the future? Okay. I think we can ask ourselves that, right? How are these events making us feel about the future? A little bit nervous, President. <laughs> A little bit nervous. You know? Um... He goes on to explain that our day equals uh, the men, that men's hearts shall fail them, and the very elect shall be deceived. Okay, again, when when he's talking, when when the mouthpiece is talking, this he, he will do things like this and say certain things that give us a gauge as to the times that we are in. Okay, if you've heard that scripture, men's hearts shall fail them, right? And the very elect shall be deceived and stuff like that. You can, you can gauge, you can go back to the scriptures and see the reference that he's talking about. Okay, there's, there's stuff to glean here. There's always stuff to glean in, in, uh, in all of these talks, especially when you go to the source material and you see the notes that they use and the scriptures they use. Now, I'm not going to go into, into the, all the sources uh, but you should, because it's... President Nelson was a surgeon in life. He is surgical with his notes. Okay? Um, our day also means that peace would be taken uh, from the earth, and calamities would befall mankind. So he's telling us right now, yeah, that's, that's our day. Those scriptures that, you, that you've read, where they talk about this stuff, uh, bingo. That is, that is the present, right? We're living it, okay? And he says, however, this dispensation is remarkable. The work of these last days is one of vast magnitude. 
boy, that, that's, that's absolutely true, isn't it? When we look at this last dispensation, you know, look, look at all the things that have happened. Like, we've lived in a period of peace. I was born in a period of relative peace, you know. Now, we've seen a lot of things happen, and we, we can look through history, and we can see things that have happened since the Restoration, since the, the days of Joseph Smith. And, you know, you can see that things are definitely ramping up. Um, you know, we look at all the prophecies, we look at the at the predicament, the predictions and the pronouncements, and he even he even uh, talks about that, where he says, how, how do we deal with these somber prophecies? How do we deal with these glorious pronouncements? How do we deal with our day, right? Then he goes on and he gives us the answer. He says, the Lord told us how. If ye are prepared, ye shall not fear. Okay, that's a, he's quoting a scripture there. Now, something I wrote in my notes here, uh, next to that, if you are prepared, you shall not fear, that that is a promise, okay? And I want you to keep that in mind, guys, as, as we go through this, there are promises here in this talk. This whole talk is basically a big promise. And it didn't hit me until the end where I was like, oh my gosh, how many times has he, has President Nelson said the word promise in here? And it's, you know, it's interesting to see how many times and what types of things are connected to those words, I promise, okay? This is a prophet of God, the mouthpiece, handpicked, the Lord's anointed, right? This is how the Lord does things, and this is why, because we get gold like this. We get stuff like this, and it is absolutely inspired. That This is revelation for us, for our day. And this talk really made me grateful that we have, that we, we have a watchman on the tower, and the Lord is speaking to that watchman, and I can, I can testify of that. Um, he goes on to talk about how this promise, this the words of the Savior here, it can literally change the way we see the future. Now, preparation is our key to embracing this dispensation and our future with faith. Now, how can we best prepare? Talks about storing uh, food, water, financial reserves for a time of need, right? Uh, in speaking about the pandemic, you know, he says, hey, th this pandemic, pandemic enforced the, the wisdom of that council, of the council of preparing, the, the past council from past prophets and apostles of, hey, have your food storage, have, you know, two years, have one year, whatever the case is, okay, it's slightly changed throughout, throughout the years. Back in Brigham's time, it was seven, okay? So whatever the current uh, prophet has said, I believe it's a year. Growing up, it was two, so that's just always what I stuck with was two. Okay. But he talks about, you know, the wisdom of that council, of that past council, has absolutely been enforced uh, by, by the pandemic. And I would say that it's being enforced by current events now as we face uh, famine and stuff. Um, 
He also, as he's speaking about that, he urges us to take steps to be temporally prepared. He says, yeah, I'm adding my testimony to that. I would, I would testify to you to, you know, partake in that wisdom. But then he pivots here, and it was, it was interesting. It was really interesting where he pivots here, and he says, he says he's even more concerned with our spiritual and our emotional preparation. Now, brothers and sisters, I've heard, you know, I've heard the whole spiritual, you know, side of things. I, I'm used to hearing that. I'm used to them, you know, having that duality where you have physical and spiritual, right? But rarely, I think, have I caught on to, and this is probably just, just me, right? My, my brain damage here. <laughs> rarely have I, have I heard the emotional side where they've they've cited that where they've brought that to the forefront hey i'm more concerned with your spiritual and your emotional preparation right he then begins to cite uh and give the example of captain moroni now he paints a picture here where he talks about how you know when you look at the nephites and the lamanites of that time of that day and it seems to be a theme throughout the Book of Mormon, really, where the the Lamanites pretty much, uh, pretty much most. I'm trying to think of a time when they didn't, but I think pretty much the whole time they outnumbered the Nephites by a decent amount, by a really good margin, right? And not only that, they were actually. So, going going back here, let, let, me, let me change how I'm going to say this. Anytime that you have a, a force that outnumbers you, right, especially when you're, we're talking hand-to-hand combat back in the day, bows, arrows, right, uh, swords, clubs, you know what I mean, slings, stuff like that, like, you pretty much are, you're looking really good for, for the, the win, you know what I mean? It's hard to overcome that, when especially in some of these cases when it was like two to one, three to one. You know what I mean? It was a lot. And it's hard to overcome that back in the day. It's not like it was now where technology kind of makes up the difference. Although, you know, I guess in a way technology made up the difference for Moroni. Um, but back then, that that was pretty much the, the the deal breaker there. If you were outnumbered, you know, there wasn't a whole lot that you could do except for what they did, and they had to turtle up, right? And when I say turtle up, just like how a turtle, you know, goes into its shell and goes on the defense, right? It knows it can't take you, you know? It's, it, it, it knows. It's like, hey, I, I can't, I can't fight my way out of this, but I can turtle up and I can defend, right? Then if you put your finger in there to that turtle, he's going to snap it off. You know what I mean? But we see that Captain Moroni, you know, he he's dealing with an enemy that outnumbers him, that is stronger than they are, right? These guys were very adept at, uh, at warfare. You know, they weren't per- pushovers or anything like that. And not only that, but they, they were bloodthirsty. They wanted to murder them, right? And that's a strong emotion. Anger and and that bloodthirst are very, very strong motivators. 
And this is the, you know, it, it almost makes you feel better in a way because you're like, okay, so we can see back at a time when people were facing hardships just like we are now, right? We are in a, in a time of war is, we're on the brink of war, right? Peace has been taken from the earth. We see all these things that are very analogous to to the situation that Moroni and the Nephites were in at the time. And he goes on to give us, he says, look, I've taken three things, right? Moroni did three things, uh, three essential ways that he prepared his people against these these overwhelming odds, right? And and what I think about when I read that is uh, is Gehazi, right, the servant of Elijah, looking out on on the field and seeing these this innumerable host against him, and him, you know, being a tad bit nervous, saying, "Uh, this don't look good," <laughs> you know, and and the prophet saying, "Hey, it's all good. There's more with us than there are against us. It's all right." So. Number one, I'm going to list all three of them off, and then we'll go into them a little bit. Number one, Captain Baroni did these three things. He helped them create areas where they would be safe, okay? The Book of Mormon calls them places of security. Number two, he prepared the minds of the people to be faithful to the Lord. Okay, now, here's that emotional uh, uh, response. Here's that emotional preparedness that he was talking about that I honestly haven't thought much about, but that I can see is incredibly important, right? Um, we had a, uh, a course, the military calls it something else, right? Um, but there was also, I, I, I went through the law enforcement academy, graduated back in 2010, didn't pursue being a cop, um, but I graduated the academy and all that stuff. And I always, you know, I learned some very valuable things there. One of the things that always has stuck with me, one of the things that has always it's always one of those things I think back to and made an impression on me was a class called Mental Conditioning for Combat. Now, the military had similar stuff. They didn't call it that, per se, but it, it was the same idea, right? You can't just throw somebody into battle. They have to be conditioned for battle, and that takes time. That takes conditioning, right? It's the same way for what Moroni was, was doing here. He was conditioning his people emotionally. He was conditioning them physically, emotionally, spiritually, okay? But there was that that aspect of of, of that conditioning, that, that mental preparedness for what they were going to go through, right? Hugely important hugely important and i think a lot of times that we we think spiritual and temporal but i'm definitely going to keep emotional you know mental 
preparedness in the forefront of my mind and begin kind of doing that for myself. Anyway, going on to number three, he never stopped preparing his people physically and spiritually. Okay. So explanation on, on number one here. They didn't just just kneel down and pray and ask for help. That's something that, that, that is coming to my mind as I read this to you. And as we go into some of these points, he, Moroni and the Nephites didn't just, I'm sure they did, I'm sure they, they prayed on both knees in a situation like that. But they didn't just pray and call it good, right? They took and they started creating places of security. Okay, so where they would take like, they would take a city and they would take and create these, these banks of earth, right? And then they would take and on those banks of earth, there were ditches before those banks of earth because they dug down all that, all that earth and then piled it up so that their city had this hill, right? It was almost like they dug this hill up and created a hill even if there wasn't one, so that they would be on the high ground, right? And then they would take and they would put a wall on top of that hill, further giving them more high ground, okay? So that they could see what was going on from a distance, and they were putting the attackers at a disadvantage, okay? Now this is this is all part of turtling up, right? They're like, look, we're not going to be the aggressors, but if they come looking for a fight, we're going to, because of their numbers, because of, you know, the overwhelming strength that they have of arms, we're going to put ourselves at a advantage, and we're not going to go out there and meet a mano a mano, okay? We're taking every advantage that we have. And as they're attacking us, we're lobbing rocks, we're shooting arrows, okay? It's like in the in the medieval times when they would throw boiling oil on the attackers from the castle walls, okay? Anything I can do to get the advantage in that fight, I'm going to do. So that was the mentality that they were having as they began to create these, these places of security, right? Uh, number two, or excuse me, continuing on with number one, as we... Um, as we see the turmoil that surrounds us, you know, we need to create these places that are safe uh, spiritually, physically, you know, everything. And even going into that mental conditioning for combat, that, that emotional preparedness as well. You know, the first place that, that we create that, according to President Nelson, is the home. Um... He, he even cites the proclamation to the world on the family as he does that. You know, he talks about how the home is, is that. It's the first line of defense, the first place of security. He then goes on to talk about the stakes, the stakes of Zion. Okay, they're the second, including the leaders put in place to help guide us. Okay, I thought it was interesting that he mentions that. He then goes on to talk about the temple, how the temple is a place of security like no other. 
You know, think about the ordinances that take place there. Uh, Satan is not allowed to dwell in that place, right? That's a place where truly you are the closest to God, where you can take a break from the world, from the temptations of the world, where you can go and have that place of security, right? And are we taking advantage of it? I, uh, I recently was able to go to the temple with my wife, and we hadn't been together uh, to the temple in 13 years. Now, that's not because uh, us not wanting to. It's not because, you know, of the fact that we weren't uh, temple-worthy. We've always held temple recommends, and we've gone separately. But we have medically needy children, and it just wasn't possible. One of us had to always be there for our young children, right? Uh, we got a type 1 diabetic son, and we have a... Uh, we have a uh, a daughter who has seizures, right? She's epileptic, so it's it's just it's one of those things. It was hard to to make that happen, you know. And even when we would, we wouldn't. It was hard to enjoy it, you know, because you're you were always just it's in the back of your mind, you know. You got a little PTSD from from watching your kid have seizures and stuff like that, or having extreme lows or, or highs and stuff. So you just feel like you need to be there. But as our kids have gotten older, and uh, as they are all in school now all day, you know, we, we were able to take and hurry up and jump in there for an hour and a half, and it was really, really... I don't even know that I have the words to describe the feelings that I had as I went there with my bride. And it was so cool to to walk out of the men's dressing room and to see her sitting in a chair, all in white, you know. Absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. You know, and it just reminded me of, of what life's all about. It reminded me of, of my my spouse, my partner in this life, and my best friend, you know. And it truly was like we were walking into a fort, a fortified spiritual place. And, you know, we were able to be the, the witness couple for the first time ever, right? Awesome experience. Awesome experience. So when I read that, when I read President Nelson talking about how the temple and the ordinances that we perform there, that take place there, how that is a place of security like no other, I can testify to that, brothers and sisters, and I absolutely agree with that. And I would encourage any of you that are able uh, to get to the temple regularly. That's something that we are working on. And now that we are able to go together, man, nothing's going to hold us back. We are, we're, we're going to try to hit it up every other week. But... Really, you know, any place, you can create any place as a place of security within reason, right? A place of security is any place where you can feel the Holy Ghost and be guided by Him. So, creating a home that is a place of security, that really is, you can see why, you know, how, how that makes sense that that is the first place of security. And as we create a home in an environment, 
where our children know that we love each other, where you and your spouse love each other, or, you know, if you happen to be single or whatever, if you create an environment where, you know, love is spoken here type thing, and the spirit is able to attend, you know, we can escape a lot of the, a lot of the fear that is being cultivated in the world. Um, it was cool because President Nelson, the advice that he gave to the sisters was to renew your understanding of the priesthood power and of temple covenants and blessings. Now, I thought that was interesting. And that's not just, you know, you can liken this, brothers, my brethren, you can, rec you can liken this advice to us. It applies just as much to us, though it was a special message for the sisters. This is one of my favorite talks of all time. I love it. I love it. Renew your understanding of the priesthood power and of temple covenants and blessings. Now, why would that be good advice? Why would that be good advice? In thinking about the priesthood power, how often do we rely upon it? It's an interesting question. It's an interesting thought experiment. How often do we rely upon the priesthood power? How often do our temple covenants come to mind? Are we thinking about them, right? Is that something that comes to mind when we, when we are looking towards the future, when we are looking towards the, the possible uh, road, uh, road bumps in, in our path, roadblocks even? in some cases. It's a really interesting thing to think about, and it kind of is, like I said, a gut check. And I'm performing this uh, along with you. I hope you're doing a gut check on yourself as well. Because we got some really cool things that are promised to us. Some really cool power attached to attached to those, those uh, endowments, those ordinances that we've partaken of, right? And if you are a holder of the priesthood, if you are if you are someone who has access to the priesthood, right, through your temple marriage, through serving in the temple, right, then you you have some rights and privileges at your disposal that are incredible. Absolutely incredible. So Having these places of security will help us to face the future with faith. Not fear, faith. Right? Now, number two, it says prepare your mind to be faithful to God. Prepare your mind to be faithful to God. The church has undertaken a project to extend the life and capacity of the Salt Lake City Temple. Okay, we all know that. If you've seen the renovations, you can see how extensive and how extreme it is. Okay? And a lot of people are questioning uh, the need to take such extreme measures with that temple, right? I mean, didn't Brigham Young say that we're building this thing to withstand or, you know, to stand through the millennium? So why do we need to take all this, all these precautions, right? Uh, if we remember back to that 5.0 magnitude earthquake that hit Utah, uh, hit Salt Lake City, 
you know, that, that earthquake, it shook the temple so hard that the trumpet fell from the angel Moroni's hand. Okay? That was, that was a surprise, I think, to everybody when we saw that. And we were all looking at all the sim symbolic meaning behind it and stuff. Maybe there is some symbolic meaning there. I'm sure there is, right? But, you know, the, the, uh, the decision was made that after that, that they were going to, you know what, we're going we're gonna to make doubly sure that this temple is ready to withstand anything that is thrown at it. And so, President Nelson goes on to say that just like the foundation of the temple must be physically solid, our spiritual foundations must be solid. Right? He's making that, he's making that analogous to us. So when, when the metaphorical earthquakes shake our lives, we will stand immovable because of our faith. What comes next is really cool, guys. Because he doesn't just, he's not just throwing advice at us, right? He gives us a formula here. He's giving us some insight where he's like, let me let, let me go ahead and and remind you let me go ahead and let you in on how the lord has taught us how to increase our faith right and he goes on to say that in order to increase our faith we must do it by seeking out learning by study and also by faith now that's an interesting that's an interesting phrase that the lord has given to us right that we are to seek out increasing our faith by by seeking out learning by study and also by faith like wait a minute how do you increase your faith by faith that doesn't make sense right <laughs> that's what i thought when i first heard that. i was like wait a sec how do you increase your faith by faith what are you going to have any you know <laughs> and so of course this is where the spirit takes us to school and as we listen to the words of the lord's mouthpiece it's really really cool because we start to unravel and unwrap this this gift we start to to decode the formula here and it's 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 simple it's plain it's precious it's fantastic um our faith increases every time we exercise faith in Christ. Okay? You guys know me. My worldview is that of athletics, right? It made a big impact on my life. You increase muscle mass by exercising your muscles, right? You increase your capacity to sing by singing you increase your endurance to run to walk whatever to swim by doing those things right it makes sense it actually makes a lot of sense and he he gives us a little a little nugget here a little golden nugget where he says our faith is increased every time we exercise faith in him in christ that is what learning by faith means Okay, so if you had that same question, he just gave you the answer. Okay, what is learning by faith? 
It's exercising your faith in him. It's doing those things, okay? Each time we have the faith to be obedient to God's laws, even when popular opinion belittles us, or when covenant-breaking or ideologies is celebrated in entertainment that we don't partake of, we are exercising our faith, which in turn grows our faith. Notice that he says that exercise and grows, right? Almost like it's, it's the way it's supposed to be, isn't it? Kind of makes sense. Uh, regular immersion in the Book of Mormon is a must. Its prophets saw our day. Now, here's, the, here's what's... This is another nugget here. Its prophets saw our day and selected the doctrines and books that would, be mo that would help us most. The Book of Mormon is our latter-day survival guide. Boy, that's a big one. That's a big one. It's even been noted that we are, as, as a country, as, as the United States of America, that we are paralleling the Book of Mormon peoples, starting with the Jaredites, uh, also including the Nephites and Lamanites, right? And seeing what happened to them, it is a type and a shadow and a warning as to what we can expect if we go this way or that way. And that is a sobering reminder, isn't it? That's a sobering lesson that we can learn. But not only that, we look at how liberty is such a, a pillar of the Book of Mormon, right? Liberty. And there's a difference between liberty and freedom, right? Notice that it will always point out liberty. Liberty to choose, right? Foundational to the Book of Mormon and foundational to us. And, and remember, Mormon, he couldn't even include a thousandth part of, of the records that they had. I mean, they had caves full of records of their people. The Jaredites, there was so much content I would hate to have that job. I really would. I would hate to have that job to have to pick something. Hey, I mean, can you imagine? The, the, we're talking about some serious weight on your shoulders, being Mormon, the prophet Mormon. Hey, there's another civilization coming after you guys. By the way, you guys are going to be wiped out. It's going to happen. I'm sure that wasn't a surprise to him, as he could see the 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 current, you know, situation of his day. But they didn't go on to say there's going to be another people that's going to people this land, right? I mean, it talks about Columbus, Christopher Columbus in the Book of Mormon. But he's saying, hey, there's going to be another people that comes here. You need to go through, and you need to find the doctrine that will be of the most most benefit to these guys, these latter-day Gentiles, and you need to give it to them so that they have a shot, so they have a chance. Two things come with that. One, Mormon saw our day. Moroni saw our day. They were allowed to see us. 
which I think is important because how could you help somebody that you wouldn't, weren't able to observe, to see what we were like, to see what we struggled with, right? Two, man, you would have to pour through those. I mean, that's a lot of work. That's a lot of work. Well, three, I'm going to add a third one here. Do we value the Book of Mormon? Do we recognize, do we take it for granted how amazing that book is? And how, you know, even even being called here a survival guide for our day. I have a little, actually, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. I have a little uh, book called the uh, the British SAS Survival Guide, right? It's just got a bunch of cool stuff in it. I saw it on Amazon. I had to have it. I respect those British SAS guys. They're some tough old boys. But when you when you look at the information that's in a survival guide, if you're ever in a situation like that, that's life and death. Brothers and sisters, we're in a situation like that right now. We're there. This is life and death, really, you know. Are we looking at our survival guide? Okay. Just a thought. Just a thought. Going back to President Nelson here. Our ultimate security... Okay, this is the crowning thing that he's talking about here. Our ultimate security comes as we yoke ourselves to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Now, notice that, the, how he says that, that as we yoke ourselves. You think about the oxen that pulled our pioneer ancestors across the plains, right? You think about how how that works, how you, when you yoke yourselves, you become equal with the oxen next to you, with the person next to you, and you're both pulling. You're both pulling. But what's cool is that with this, you know, with the yoke of the gospel, that yoke, yoking ourselves to Heavenly Father and, and Christ, that's voluntary. That's voluntary. That's our choice. But if we do that, there are some blessings that come along with that. And what's cool is that you can leave any time you want. If you don't want to wear the yoke anymore, we've seen what happens. We've seen people leave that don't want to wear the yoke anymore. They don't have to wear the yoke, right? It's incredible that that's a choice. That I mean, it really just speaks to the truthfulness of the gospel. And you can see the truthfulness of the words of President Nelson as he says, Our ultimate security comes as we yoke ourselves to Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ. Life without God is full of fear. Life without God is full of fear. You know, as we look upon the things that are happening right now, I think we've all felt a little bit of fear, haven't we? And I think as we feel that fear, that's kind of a gut check moment for us, isn't it? Because for me, I'm like, yeah, I've been feeling a lot of fear, more than I should, more than I care to admit, guys. I definitely feel a lot of that fear. 
And then in that same moment, I thought, have I been listening to what the prophet has been saying? Can I even tell you about what he talked about in general conference? Can I tell you the theme? It's not enough for us to just listen, right? We have to go through and you, you need to dissect it. That takes time, sure. But the Lord loves effort, doesn't he? <laughs> I've listened to this talk before. I'm just I'm pausing here. You guys know me. I like to ramble. But I've listened to this talk before. It wasn't until I started to write things down, until I took notes, until I really dissected the words and poured over them and, and like digested it, right? Like got into the meat of what he was saying, that I understood what he was saying. It just kind of went over my head and it was whatever. I was thinking about butterflies half the time. You know what I'm saying? I'm a little ADD. But as I took the time to jump into it, into the meat and potatoes of what he's talking about here, like, I feel so much better about the future. I seriously do. I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, absolutely, you're right. You're absolutely right. And I feel a little foolish that I've been having that kind of fear. It, the spirit is, it was so strong as I was reading this stuff, you guys. It was so cool. But it had, it's been a gut check for me, you know, and, and I hope that my failure, you know, over the, the past little bit to digest the words, you know, because sometimes when I think about doing these podcasts, I think about something and I dive in and I don't know that I, I jump enough into the words of the prophets enough, you know, into what they've, they've talked about. I hit up the scriptures a lot, but I think that we need that latter-day revelation as well, because, I mean, just like, this is scripture for our day, guys. This is. This is scripture for our day. Continuing on. Life with God is a life filled with peace. This is because spiritual blessings come to the faithful. Receiving revelation is one of the greatest of those blessings. The Lord has promised that if we ask we will receive revelation upon revelation. He then gives us a promise. Okay? Now, this isn't just the promise of some guy. This isn't just a, you know, I promise I'll take you to get some ice cream when I'm done with work. Okay? This is a promise from the Lord's anointed prophet, seer, and revelator. Okay. Whenever we have something like that, we need to pay close attention to it. We need to highlight it because that's an opportunity, a spiritual opportunity. And he said, he promised, President Nelson promised that as you increase your capacity to receive revelation, the Lord will bless you with increased re revelation for your life and with boundless gifts of the Spirit. You know, I'm, 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 I'm going through some, some, a time in my life where I have some big decisions that I've, I'm wrestling with, right? I'm like you guys. I can, I, I can see what's going on in the world. You know, I, I want to, 
I want to like like Captain Marone. I did. I want to hedge up my uh, my protection on my family. I want to I want to take those those banks of earth and cast them up. I want to create a wall. I want to put a moat with alligators in it. You know what I'm saying? I, I want to go the extra mile. I I, I want my security blanket. I really, really want to increase my capacity to receive revelation. And and I'm working on that right now. I'm literally working on that the past the past couple weeks. You know, because I think that we I think that we all are going to have a lot of a, a lot of things that we have to wrestle with and deal with. And I have questions about do I want to zig or do I want to zag right now? You know what I mean? Just talking about temporally and stuff, you know, financially, like all, all sorts of stuff. Like there's always things to consider, but I am so nervous about making a decision by myself without the aid of my savior and without, the, without revelation and, and having the spirit testify to me that it has led me on a crusade to increase my spiritual awareness, to increase my capacity for spiritual revelation. And so I, f I felt like I was being spoken to, like the Lord was answering some prayers for me in teaching me what I need to do and giving me some, some awesome advice as, as I studied this talk. And man, wouldn't it be cool to have some of those boundless gifts of the Spirit with that increased revelation? Man, I could I could handle that. I could handle that. Uh, three point three that we're going into here that President Nelson goes into. He says, "Never stop preparing, even when things went well." Captain Moroni never stopped preparing his people. He never stopped. He never became complacent. The adversary never stops attacking, so we can never stop preparing. Pause there. We have a problem with that. I would say we have a problem with that, becoming complacent. I'm, I'm kind of a weird dude. I have thoughts of... What if somebody were to try to just attack me out of the blue? Now, I'm, I'm a wrestler, so, you know, I, I grew up wrestling, and, and, and I, I did okay. You know what I mean? I should have, I should have, uh, I got injured in high school, and I was, I blew out my shoulder, had to get surgery and stuff like that, and I never got back into it, you know, and I should have. I regret the heck out of that. You know, I, I was really afraid of, of, hurt myself permanently and stuff like that. But I think back to the stuff that I learned from wrestling. I think about, you know, how it shaped my worldview and how I how I my mind works and stuff like that, you know. I think about that all the time. Like what if somebody tries to take me down? And that's believe it or not, that's a big reason why I this is funny. I'm giving you guys a window into Alan's mind here. That's a big reason as to why I lift weights and stuff like that. Because I just think to myself that, you know, I don't want to get injured. I don't want to get injured if I ever have to, you know, throw down with somebody. <laughs> it's just a, it's funny to say it out loud. 
but in my mind it totally makes sense so you guys are getting my brain damage here but if I ever do have to throw down I need to I need to have my strength and I need to have a, you know a little bit of endurance at least enough to to make it not worth somebody's time right and and it's funny because as I read this stuff, it it's totally analogous. You know what I mean? You, if you're if I weren't to do anything and then try to to jump on the mat with somebody, I'd get destroyed. You know what I mean? You 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 have to you have to keep up some of that athleticism if you expect to be a physical deterrent to somebody. And it's the same exact way spiritually mentally emotionally right all this stuff totally makes sense you cannot not prepare right tyson right Uliberry? we have to we have to we have to keep lifting those weights we have to keep lifting those spiritual weights as well so that we're prepared on all fronts i'm thinking about you guys as i'm talking about this but we can't we can't be complacent because yeah the adversary is he's he's preparing right he's he's it's, if you've seen the lord of the rings right what happens to the good guys they become complacent okay you can see that if you haven't read the books and you watch the movies it it portrays that very well nobody wants to believe that the enemy is alive that the enemy is is preparing for an all-out war for destruction right and for a long time it's just kind of in the shadow it's it's done under under the cover of darkness it's done not out in the open but there's always a point where the enemy sauron right uh melkor if you're going back to the into the deep dive here but if you there's always a time when they present themselves when they when they come out of the shadow and i think that we have seen that in the past century we are watching the enemy come out of the shadow and especially in these last days of the last days in our time you know i'm not the type of guy to make predictions i'm not you know what i mean i'm not a timeline guy per se but if I had to hazard a guess, I would say that if we are allowed to tarry, and if we survive the the tribulations that are coming, I would say that if we are allowed to live a full life, that we will see the Savior return. That's what I think. Okay, that's that's what Alan thinks. And there's a lot of stuff that I could go into, and maybe I'll do a podcast on that sometime just for fun. But there's a lot of reasons why I say that, and a lot of things that I base that opinion on. And I know people have said it for thousands of years, or hundreds of years, or whatever. I get that, okay? There's some stuff there, guy. There's some substance to, to my opinion on that. And I'll have to go into that at some point. But we have to be ready. We have to be physically ready. We have to be spiritually, emotionally conditioned for combat on all fronts right especially against the adversary we see what's going on how there is a grab for our children okay there is an increased um i don't want to get off too much here off on a tangent but there is a desire to 
have our children and to take away our God-given rights as parents to teach our children in the correct way. They have to get them away from us if they want us to not be able to indoctrinate them, right? Quote-unquote, indoctrinate them with, with this, this outdated, you know, religious zealotry, as they would call it. Right? They have to teach him that we came from monkeys and that uh, there's no such thing as good and evil and that communism is great and wonderful. Right, There's so much there, guys, that the enemy is revealing himself. And if we're, just, if we're not casting up those banks of earth, if we're not putting up those walls, if we're not getting and, and making weapons of war, you know what I'm saying, for ourselves. And I'm, I'm not saying literally, okay? What I'm saying here is that principle of if we are not preparing ourselves on every front, then when the enemy comes to your door, right, when he's there, and you are asked to do something about it, you're going to fold. You won't be ready. You can't just hand somebody a sword and say, get out there and fight. They have to be prepared to do that. You know, you, you have to be prepared to take life if you have to in a war, right? Like, I'm thinking back to soldier mentality here. They don't just take somebody and give them, a, and give them a, an AR-15 you know, and then say, okay, go, go take some lives, right? It's something you have to kind of be conditioned for. You have to be conditioned to be a soldier. You have to be conditioned to be a Marine, right? It's just, it, it, it's just the way it is. And it's like that with everything. You have to be ready. You have to stand ready. You have to be ready. You have to condition yourself. You have to have your places of security so that you can fall back if you need to and turtle up, right? Going back to the talk. The more self-reliant we are, temporally, emotionally, spiritually, the more prepared we are to thwart Satan's relentless assaults. Dear sisters, you are adept at creating places of security for yourselves and those you love. Furthermore, you have a divine endowment that enables you to build faith in others in compelling ways, and you never stop. You have demonstrated that once again this year. Okay, he's talking about 2020 during the pandemic. We have so much to look forward to. The Lord placed you here. Now, apply this to yourselves, guys. Do, do like Nephi, okay? Make this applicable to yourself. We have so much to look forward to. The Lord placed you here now because He knew you had the capacity to negotiate the complexities of the latter part of these latter days. He knew you would grasp the grandeur of His work and be eager to help bring it to pass. The days ahead will not be easy. But I promise the future will be glorious for those who are prepared and continue to prepare to be instruments in the Lord's hands. Now, I probably should have prefaced this, but this is my notes that I took. So these, this isn't word for word. These, these are the notes that I took. So, the, you know, if you, read, if you read this and compare it, you'll see that I put some things in my own words on this, but... 
the idea is there, right? This is These are the ideas that I got as I was listening to him speak. And he says, I'm going to repeat this here. He says, the days ahead will not be easy, but I promise, okay? And here's that I promise again. The future will be glorious to those who are prepared and continue to prepare to be instruments in the Lord's hands. Don't just endure the current season. Embrace the future with faith. Turbulent times are opportunities. Now, pay attention to this. This is key. Turbulent times are opportunities for us to thrive spiritually. They are times when our influence can be much more penetrating than in calmer times. That is true. That's 100% true. That's the whole reason why I'm doing this podcast. All the, all the stuff that's been happening as of late really has been something to where it got me up off the couch a little bit, you know what I mean? And I said, you know what? I know how to do some basic editing. I know how to do some basic recording and to clean up a little bit of audio. And I have a testimony in the Savior Jesus Christ. I have a testimony in the foundation, the prophets, the apostles, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. I have a testimony of all that. Some people don't. Some people are struggling. Maybe just the fact that I share that, that I share my thoughts on some of these talks, maybe that will be enough to help somebody out. And hopefully it is. But I, I, I want to extend that invitation to you, brothers and sisters. Are there, is there something that you could do? It's been cool to see that there's been a bunch of us that rose at the same time. I look back on uh, like the, the two brothers, right? Awesome channel. Those guys from Australia. If you guys are ever uh, listening, I love you guys. You know what I mean? I, I've, I've gotten a lot from your videos. Uh, Christian Homestead. I love that stuff. The two LDS archives, okay? There's some really good stuff out there. Matt CTR. There's some awesome channels that have risen. And we all rose at about the same time and are voicing our support for the Savior and for the cause of Zion. Let me finish here with a quote here from President Nelson where he said, I promise, there's that I promise again, as we create places of security, prepare our minds to be faithful to God and never stop preparing, God will bless us. He will deliver us. Yea, in so much that he will speak peace to our souls and will grant unto us great faith and cause that we can hope for our deliverance in him. As you prepare to embrace the future with faith, these promises will be yours. Brothers and sisters, I can testify to you that President Nelson is a prophet of Jesus Christ. He is not a deceiver. He is not a false prophet. He is not leading this church astray. 
God would take his life before that would happen. And if we are spiritually in tune, and if we are able to properly receive revelation, then we can know that. And that, as he said, even when things like this come up, where it's not popular to side with the prophet, you know, we haven't been pushed against a wall in a long time. And it really is disheartening for me to see so many of my people, my people, no matter where you are, you are my people. I don't care if you're in Russia, I don't care if you're in the Ukraine. I could go to any ward in any part of the world and I would say, these are my people. But when I see my people fall and, and they leave the church, they, they just completely abandon what they knew at one time to be true. When they abandon the prophet, when they abandon the apostles, it's, it's, it really is, it's, it must be close to how it felt. I mean, it at least gives us a window into the understanding of how it felt when Satan and the one-third uh, fell from heaven, when they chose to not continue on with the Lord's plan, with the plan of salvation, the plan, the only plan, that was really on the books, right? It's so sad to see, and it, it breaks my heart, and it's why I'm doing this. You know, I think back to me as a missionary. I struggled as a missionary. I served in Texas, and I struggled. It seemed that I would many times, and I'm not whining here. Don't get me, don't get me wrong. But I, I, I look back, and there were a lot of times when, you know, when I was like, I was a part of, you know, me and, me and my, my companion would go and we'd do tracting. And we would tract into people, and then, like, we'd get them to that point, and then, boom, you'd get transferred. And you didn't get to see whatever happened, you know. And, like, you'd hear about them getting baptized or whatever, but, man, that hurt me at the time. I just, oh, man, that was hard. And it shouldn't have been. That was, that was me. That's... That's my shortcoming, my failing. But as I, I look back at that, and I look now, and it's like, you know, I have a choice right here. I have a choice right now to raise my voice in support of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because I know it to be true. And I have no idea how, like, if this is doing a whole lot of good, if it's of worth to a lot of people, but my gosh, you guys, I'm just a regular guy who happens to have a testimony, who is not an eloquent orator, who is not, you know, I would consider myself like Moses, somewhat slow of speech. I have a vocabulary that I've had to change up sometimes, you know what I mean? 
but I have a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and I know that President Nelson is the mouthpiece of the Lord Jesus Christ, even the great Jehovah. I know that if we, if we do as we are counseled to do in the temple, to hear the words of the Lord's anointed, if we stay true to our covenants that we have made in the holy house, in the waters of baptism, that we can look forward to the future with faith. We can embrace the future, not be afraid of it. Embrace it. This is a great day of the Lord, right? For everybody else, it can be dreadful. For us, let's, let's have it be great. I love you guys. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for the strength that you give to me. I look forward to the time when Jesus comes back and when we can kneel together on both knees to our Master and that we can all confess together in our own tongues that Jesus is the Christ. I hope that God blesses you guys and I ask that God will bless you guys and keep you safe and will give you what you need in your time of need to be able to embrace the future with faith and I do so in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.